We're now excited to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line and joining the program now for a weekly chat is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, the time is always greatly appreciated. Hope you're doing well today, my friend. I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing well. Uh, Obviously, we've got a lot to talk about with spring football in the works now. First practice being yesterday. We will get to that in just a little bit. Also, Brooks will have a fun with Ferg question at the end. But uh, let's start with a little Auburn basketball as it was a rough one in Rupp Arena on Saturday. And, Justin, we, we anticipated this being an incredibly tough game. We know the, the, the context of Auburn not winning in Lexington in a very, very long time. But it was the manner in which they lost which was so surprising. Just what what went into what was ultimately a beatdown on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, uh, Kentucky's a pretty bad matchup for Auburn because they have a really big backcourt. Um, they are athletic, you know, one through five. And, you know, this is a very, very talented team. And, you know, this Auburn team – is a team that just kind of has to grit and grind, uh, play really good team basketball. And I think they did for the first 15 minutes. They had a lead. And then when rebounding started slipping there late in the first half, Kentucky went on a run. Auburn never really recovered and got out of it. And, you know, the way Kentucky was playing and the way Auburn was struggling, you know, on both ends of the floor, it just it, – they they let it get away from them. And then it just was kind of a, a, a you know, laughter at that point. So – yeah, it's it was a really tough game and a tough matchup for Auburn, and, and they just stopped doing the things that can give you a chance against a team like 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 Kentucky, where you look at them and say, okay, they have national player of the year, they have several five stars um, that have really good athleticism, really good physicality. You got to be able to master physicality as, be, as best as you can. You got to play really good team basketball, um, and, and Auburn didn't do either of those things really after the first fifteen minutes. So that's why it got out of out of hand. So. You come away from a game where you were down by 40 at one point, not sitting here thinking like, okay, well, you know, you, you just you can't stay on the floor with a team of that caliber because, you know, you, you, you led Alabama for most of the game. You, you put Tennessee right down to the wire as well. So you, you don't come out of it thinking like this is impossible. You just come out of it thinking like, hey, here's what can happen when you stop doing the things you absolutely have to do if you're a team like Auburn where you don't have a lot of five-star talent. You don't have NBA players, you know, right off the bat. Uh, on this team, um, you got to play good, experienced team basketball together, and and uh, it was a wake up call because I mean, there's these these two games they have this week, they could definitely get run out of the gym um, if they play like that moving forward. Uh, and and you mentioned those two games, and obviously you got Alabama coming up. Uh, I, I I mean, how scary is this for Auburn? You're coming off of a, a loss like that, now you got to turn around and go to Tuscaloosa and. Yeah, their fans are going to be fired up just because it is the quote unquote Iron Bowl of basketball. But then you, you throw in the Brandon Miller stuff, and I mean, you know, there's Alabama fans that blame Auburn fans and other fan bases for blowing this up in the media, which is obviously a, a crock. But they're going to be fired up for that reason and just the rivalry. So I mean, how much trouble is Auburn into uh, getting into heading to Tuscaloosa? Yeah, it's going to be a really tough game, uh, toughest game of, of the season for sure. Um, the fact that you have to play Alabama on the road, the fact that Alabama is beating teams by an average of, I think it's like 26 20. points. Uh, yeah, at, at home 20, this season. Yeah, yeah okay. it's, it's 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 pretty it's pretty it's pretty remarkable just how well they've played. But you know, if for Auburn, you got to sit there and go back and, and look at what you did at home um, to lead for you know really the majority of that game, and say, okay, can we do that again? And just you know, kind of keep up the kind of intensity and that level of play you know, for all 40 minutes. And if you do, you're going to have a chance to be really, really competitive with Alabama and, 
and you know, uh, who knows? You know, maybe able you can you can pull off a, a stunning a stunning upset. But you know, I look at Alabama right now. They struggled with South Carolina last week. They obviously trailed for most of that game against Arkansas at home last Saturday. You know, that's those are two teams that Auburn has beaten this season. So it's like it's not Auburn's. It's not like Auburn's fully incapable of going to Tuscaloosa and playing well. Um, but you know, the margins are very, very thin because Alabama is so talented. Uh, and you know, when they get going, um, they're really, really hard to stop in Coleman. So it's a, it's a, it's a brutal matchup for sure. But you know, the same team that led, you know, after 15 minutes at Rubber Arena, same team that went down to the wire at Tennessee, the same team that led Alabama for most of like. That team is fully capable of competing in this matchup. It's just, can they do it at the right time uh, and get all the all the pieces together? Justin, uh, a, a guy that we've seen step up this year for the Tigers has been Jalen Williams. He's had some uh, games, some big performances, and, and I know uh, he was one of the guys that got to talk to the media earlier today. Talk about what your impressions have been on J- uh, Jalen Williams' performance this year for the Tigers. Well, actually, Jalen wasn't able to talk to us today. Uh, they ended up canceling that at the last moment. But, you know, I can still talk about how, Jay, how Jalen's played. And it's been exceptional, you know, this year. I think when you're stepping in for a guy like Jabari Smith, you got a lot of pressure. Um, and you don't need to necessarily – you know you're not going to be Jabari Smith. But I think when Jalen Williams plays really, really well, Auburn plays really well. As well. I mean, he's one of those guys that really – um, him and him and Wendell Green Jr. for sure, I think, are the most attached to wins and losses this season for Auburn and how they play. And we've seen now several times, even since some of these losses down the stretch, where Jalen Williams has caught fire and can be a guy to give you six, eight, ten points in a row. Um, he is a good three-point shooter for a, for a big man. Um, he also is a great playmaker, uh, you know, and, and helps helps create tough defender. Can be a tough rebounder as well. Um, they just need that, that version of Jalen Williams to play that way, you know, for all 40 minutes or however long he's out there in order to give Auburn the best chance to win because he is, you know, that kind of difference maker. There aren't very many foremen in college basketball that can do all the different things Jalen Williams does. And the fact that he is so experienced, I think, has carried him a long way. So and for order, in order for Auburn to have a chance to beat either Alabama or Tennessee this week. I think they're going to need big games from Jalen Williams. And so he is very, very critical to what they do on both ends of the floor. And, um, you know, you, you hope if you're Auburn, he can catch fire tomorrow night. And, Justin, we obviously this year have referenced the, the bubble a lot. We will continue to do so from between now and Selection Sunday. And we look at Lenardi, we look at Jerry Palm, we look at some other things. I don't know if you have a preferred bracketologist or where you believe Auburn stands uh, at this moment, but, I mean, everyone does want to know, does Auburn have to beat Tennessee to, to make the NCAA tournament, or can they win a game or two in the SEC tournament and counteract two losses this week? Just where do you stand on where Auburn actually is in your best estimation on the bubble right now? Yeah, they're a 10 seed pretty much uh, across the board. I mean, I think everybody has has them in that 10 spot. Some are at 11, some are at 9. But I, I try to tend to look at bracketology through the lens of a lot of different people and not just one or two or just, you know, people we know or uh, the ones that are running SPN or CBS. Um, you know, so place like Bracket Matrix has Auburn in the 10 seed right now. And uh, you go to T-Rank, which is a good way to do a lot of uh, stats and analysis and kind of forward-thinking projections. Uh, if Auburn wins either of these games this week against Alabama or, or Tennessee, their chances of making the NCAA tournament jump to 90% on T-Rank. This is before the SEC tournament. 
if they lose both. That chance drops down into the 60s, which puts them in potentially last four in, you know, could be playing in Dayton, uh, or, you know, just making it in on the top of those 11 seeds. Um, and, you know, in the SEC tournament, Bruce Pearl talked about this today, your first matchup in the SEC tournament is probably not going to help your tournament resume very much. It's going to be a team that plays on Wednesday night, or it's going to be a team that, you know, is not projected to make the NCAA tournament. So what you have to do if you're Auburn, uh, if you lose these two games um, this week, you're probably going into Nashville knowing you have to win the first one. And the second one, you hope you can maybe have a chance to get a quad one win or another really good quad two and then go into Selection Sunday, um, you know, sweating and knowing that you are firmly on the bubble. So, um, I mean, nobody in college basketball has a bigger chance to boost their resume than Auburn does because nobody plays two of the top three teams in the country this week. In fact, only one other team plays two of the top 30 teams in the country this week. And that's Boise State in the Mountain West. Um, this end, this run in, we knew all year long it was going to be really difficult. But at this point, it, it's not keeping Auburn from potentially winning an SEC title. That, that's that's beyond the point now. Now it's can you do something to lock yourself in the NCAA tournament? And that that's a position that just not very many teams on the bubble are in. You look at everybody else, whether it's the end of their regular season or you get into their tournaments, they're not going to be able to have this potential to jump like Auburn does. So when and you're in, you win one of these, you're good. If you lose both of these, you're probably looking at a situation where you need two wins in Nashville to feel like you've got a good shot at making it into uh, the NCAA tournament. If you lose both of these and win just one in Nashville, you will be firmly on the bubble and you might be playing in the first four if you get in the tournament at all. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us on this Tuesday edition of Sports Hall. Justin, let's transition into some spring football, uh, a time with a lot more optimism than I think this time last year, a lot of excitement building around the program. Uh, you got the opportunity to uh, talk to Hugh Freeze for the first time this spring and then also have a, a, a slight viewing window. Just what, some are the, what are some of the storylines that you're following throughout the spring and just first impressions uh, being out there yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of newness, right? Not only are you in a um, you know, football facility now that's brand new, and the two outdoor fields makes a ton of difference. I think it was the first time I've ever covered an Auburn practice. It felt like I wasn't cramped or I wasn't in somebody's way, which is a really good feeling. And I know especially it is for, for the players to just have all that room to kind of operate and go through their drills. Um, so it's that's, that's big. And, you know, you're looking at this team, 21 new players. That's over a quarter of your roster. Uh, is brand new. Most of your coaches are new. You only bring back two uh, from last season uh, in, in Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge. So, I mean, if you're Auburn, you just have all this new energy and excitement, and look, the challenge is great. And and it's it's, it's going to be a multi-year process to bring Auburn back to where they think they need to be and deserve to be uh, and want to be, you know, in college football. But, um, you know, this is a this is a team that is going to, you know, install a lot of stuff and, and get a lot of stuff sorted out. And Hugh Freeze made it clear last night he's not interested in coming up with a depth chart. He's not interested in, you know, limiting who gets what reps when. That's not what spring football is for, especially in a year one. This is about giving guys a lot of opportunity to hit the ground running, learn the systems, learn the way things are going to be moving forward, and just starting to kind of put the pieces together. Um, so whether it's quarterbacks, whether it's the improvement of a Robbie Ashford or 
you know, whether it's who's going to play where on the offensive and defensive lines or how things sort out in the back end. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of takeaways and a lot of people who are going to point out the certain storylines. Story but I will say just the most important thing of it all is this is a get-to-know-you kind of process for Auburn football um, with these new staff players, these new staff members, these new coaches, these new players, systems, literally where they're practicing is brand new. Um, so they have an advantage to, you know, it's an exciting time. The players seem to be very, very fired up for it. Um, but it's gonna—it's the start of a very long process uh, to get Auburn football back to where where it is. But they couldn't ask for a better way to start yesterday. Weather was good, but like the energy was good, uh, and, and Hugh Freeze sounded pretty pleased with what he saw. Justin, spring practices here. We're going into the the the, uh, the the season of spring, and with that brings uh, 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 you know different types of candy and uh, different types of sugary treats uh, this time of year. One most famous one is. Is the uh, marshmallow peeps? Oh, uh, we had we had a spirited debate a little bit earlier. I am pro peep. Ryan, I, I don't think has a, a strong opinion on neutral. Them. Uh, and our Tom PV does not like peeps. So we we got to know where you stand uh, when it comes to peeps. I'm probably more on Ryan's side. I will eat them. I don't like buy them. I don't go out of my way to get them. But like I was given them a couple of times at Easter growing up, and I've had them in the past, and they're fine. Um, you know, I don't think they're, I don't think they're like utterly disgusting, but it's like also not something that I would go out and get on my own. You could probably do a lot better for Easter candy, but you know, it's fine. It's, I can see why it has such a polarizing opinion though, because it is just such a weird concept and a weird execution. But I, you know, I don't think they're, I don't think they're awful. Have you seen the, the peeps Pepsi combo? Yes, I did. And so our buddy, Josh Vitale, who used to work at the Montgomery Advertiser and, and other places here, who um, you know was was on the beat for a while, he now works for Pepsi uh, in their communications department. And uh, I saw that the other day, and we took a picture and sent it to him. We're like, "Hey, man, you got you got to answer for this." And he's like, this, "Yeah, it's not my idea." And also, he thinks it's it's pretty disgusting. Um, I, I haven't tried it. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just going to taste more sugary. I guess it's going to taste sweeter. Um, I do remember there was a time. When I was in, it, it does remind me of the time when I was in North Carolina, um, well, you know, back when I was in college and interning in, in Charlotte. And there was a run where, you know, Cheerwine's like super popular in, in North Carolina and that's where it's from. They had a run of Krispy Kreme uh, Cheerwine, which I, don't, I didn't try, but because oh. I didn't want to even know like how that would work because <laughs> it's just like even sweeter stuff. So, like, I guess it's just like, I don't know how many people are out there who are drinking sodas and then like getting colas like that. And they're like, you know what? This needs to be even more sweeter. I don't think, I don't think it's sweet enough. Um, so I guess, I guess that's for you, uh, for the, if you identified with that message, uh, go get the peeps Pepsi and see what you think. Well, well, Justin, here's where I admit that I've got a Peeps Pepsi <laughs> sitting next to me in the studio right now. Okay. So like, what they're like, how, how is it? Like I need a, I need a review. So it's it's weird because it's inconsistent. The first few, like if yeah. I smelled it, it smells kind of like a toasted marshmallow. Yeah. But then you you drink it, it just it doesn't. It tastes like watered a little watered down Pepsi to start with, and then as you huh. go through it, you get more of a marshmallow taste. The the further down in the bottle, you like get. it's toward the bottom yeah. or something. It's like yeah. it doesn't mix like well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that's interesting because, like, I'm you know I'm trying not to drink as much soda as I used to, um, and uh, so I've, I've cut back on that. But I am I am in favor of like just trying the weird ones. Like, I, 
like I uh, I don't like regular Mountain Dew. I've never been a I've never been a, like a straight you know Mountain Dew uh, fan, but like I like like the, a lot of the weird kinds that they have, like all the varieties. Um, but I do know, speaking of Pepsi and having to take marshmallow, I do know that in Missouri, because um, my brother used to work out there, there are there are like towns or like there's like a place out there specifically that's known for making Pepsi mixed with marshmallow cream in it. Oh. And I wonder if that's what Peeps is like. I wonder if that's what the Peeps Pepsi is trying to go for. Like that, like that might be the, like, this is the best way we can pull this off. And it's around Easter. So, you know, we'll throw the, we'll throw the yellow peep on there and make everybody happy. So I, maybe that's the inspiration, but you know, like you said, like if it tastes more marshmallow than just pure sugar. I can see, I can see where it's good. It could be all right, but like, yeah, you're not, you're not, it didn't sound like you got a good one, at least. <laughs> well, Justin, listen, we, we're in the preliminary uh, stages of planning a Peeps taste test, so we may have to see about getting you in the studio for that. <laughs> oh, that's going to be chaos. I, I did know, I used to work for, a, I used to work for a lady when I was in high school that, you know, speaking of Peeps, that she would buy Peeps, and I, I still don't understand this to this day. It's one of the weirdest things I've, I've ever known anyone to do with food. She would buy Peeps like at, like after Easter and like when they're like like ten cents for a box, and she would she would like the, yeah, they come in that little like cellophane uh, box, and so he, she would poke a hole in them, and they would like get stale, and she would eat them after they got stale because she thought wow. they tasted better. And I don't know what in the like it's it's one of the most bizarre things. A perfectly lovely person outside of this outside of this peeps, uh, of this peeps thing, but like. It was always really weird because in our office she would have like these peeps like laying out like getting ready like I don't know she was like aging them like it was like <laughs> they gotta um, get right like or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, see, and I, I was telling them I, I'm not a fan of peeps because of mainly the consistency of it. It's just too much yeah. marshmallow. And so I guess you let them sit out, they firm up, and maybe they become less gooey or whatever you want to call it. I guess. I guess that was the thing. It, it just sounded so bizarre to me that I never was like, yeah, I'm going to try that. Maybe that's what yeah. we'll have to do. A pack, like when we do our Peeps taste test, we'll have to have a pack that just we wait and stale it up a little bit. <laughs> Buy it and then two have weeks that. early. Yeah. Uh, something like yeah. that. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us here on the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Justin, uh, tell us what's going on with the Observer. And I saw that you're, you guys are running a, a special for new subscribers right now as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best time we've ever had to sign up for the Observer, not because of anything I wrote, but because of just the price we're giving out right now. So from now to the end of spring practice, it's the eight-day weekend. Uh, new subscribers, you can get $40. Um, $40 will get you a full year. So that is all of our spring football coverage, all of our postseason basketball coverage, all of football season next year, and pretty much all of basketball season next year as well. You can get that for just 40 bucks. It's usually 60 um, so 33% off. Um, it's the best time to come, come on because we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we had a couple of uh, football things uh, yesterday, one more today on, in the newsletters, a lot of newsletters, uh, podcasts later this week. I'm going to Tuscaloosa uh, for the basketball game tomorrow. We'll have coverage from that. Uh, Friends of the Program is back tomorrow as well, for those of you who are subscribers. Got a mailbag later this week. And, yeah, it's going to be a super busy time. I'm going to Nashville next week for the SEC tournament. We'll see where Auburn ends up in the postseason. So we'll be covering all that between football and basketball. Um, there's never been a better time to sign up. We're giving you something, at least one thing, sometimes two things, pretty much every day of the week at 6 a.m. Central Time. Everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. Just go to AuburnObserver.com. It's $40. 
for your first year if you subscribe today. And uh, yeah, that's you don't need a special code, don't need a special link or anything. Just go to the website and find it there. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. Be safe with all that traveling, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys.